It's in verse 13. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Where else is it? What's the next verse it's in? I said 6 and 13. Somebody find us two other verses. Find them for me. 19. Then they cried to, to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. What, what's the next verse is in? 28. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distresses, from their distress. That's their testimony. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. They found themselves in need of the Lord. I don't know um, what your particular situation may be right now or what brought you to the Lord, um, but you were in trouble. You were in some kind of trouble. You recognized in some way that you needed God. You cried out to him, and he answered, and he delivered. I believe you're here because of that. And this psalm says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Think of those things that God has rescued you from. He has delivered you from. Think, take, take a minute, take a moment and, and think right now of some of the things that God has delivered you from. Some of the things that he has rescued you from. It, it says, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. What trouble were you in? What situation, what circumstance, what set of drama surrounded you that God delivered and, and, and worked in you? Now, I ask you that question because all who are saved had a situation. We were sinners. We were set to be punished for our sins. It's the Holy Spirit that uh, alerted us to our situation and alerted us to the fact that only Jesus could resolve that. And then we cried out to him. If you're saved, that's what you did. You cried out to God, and he delivered you. It doesn't mean that you, you, you were in jail and, and, and on death row and about to be executed. You know, it doesn't mean that, that you... Uh, uh, necessarily had a deadly disease and almost died. Although we have those who who can say amen to both of those situations, maybe, maybe not both exactly, but um, had some experiences similar to, to that. But it's my sin that troubled me. Even as a seven-year-old, I remember and I was made aware that I was a sinner, even at seven years old, I was a sinner. And that if I did not trust Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I was on my way to eternity without Christ, which means eternity in hell. I realized that at seven years old, I cried out to God to help me. Not just God helped me, but I knew that that help was based on Jesus and what he did on the cross, and he died for my sin. So here's the testimony of each person that's been redeemed. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. The Lord heard them. It says, he delivered them from their distresses. The other thing that's there is that God doesn't just deliver us and leave us alone and say, that's it. You're on your own. Don't get in any more trouble. I hope you don't need me anymore. 
No, he, he continues to live with us and he works with us on an everyday basis. Now, I asked you before, think about that trouble that you were in and caused you to cry out to the Lord. Now, now I want you to think about what did you cry out to the Lord for today? You probably cried out to the Lord today. It may have been something simple. It may have been a headache, a toothache. It may have you stubbed your toe on a step. I don't know. It could have been a number of things, but you cried out to the Lord today. Or you just say, Lord, I don't want to forget you today. I want to walk in your ways. I want to think thoughts that are pleasing to you. I want to do the thing that is right. Help me as I go throughout my day. Whatever it is, you cried out to the Lord today. Or maybe you've been so busy, you haven't had time to cry out to the Lord. You can cry out to him, Lord. Lord, in all my busyness, I should not forget you. I should not fail to pause and think about you. So today we're here to pray, to cry out to the Lord. I'm asking you to pray for this work and pray for this ministry. I'm asking you to pray that God will stir the hearts of his people. I'm asking you to remember what this psalm says. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Those who, are, who have been redeemed to remember what God has done and remember what he continues to do even as you call on him today and to have a proper response to the Lord for what he has done. Good evening, saints. I'm going to continue our meditation in Hebrews. This will be our second to last meditation. That says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that will be of no advantage to you. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you the sooner.
First off, when he says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. In scripture, it is the ability to understand the words of God that bestows the ability to lead God's people. But what does it take to understand the word of God? It takes somebody who is talking to God and is standing in the breach between God and man. No matter what office that you look at in the Holy Scriptures, they all fulfill that function, that God would stand there and he would speak to men. And maybe it was a priest. He would bring the sins of the people to the Lord and he would bring the Lord's blessing to the people. Maybe it was a prophet. And that prophet would hear the words of God and he will faithfully deliver those words to the people. And he will deliver, and many times, the responses of the people to God. Maybe it was a judge. And that judge would rise up hearing the call of God that many others didn't hear. As if they heard a trumpet that nobody else had heard. And they would rise up and do what God called them to do. But we all, if we're going to lead have to be able to hear. The difference between godly leadership and human leadership is that godly leaders don't move by their own volition. They don't do what they want to do. They have to do what God tells them to do. The best godly leader is one who listens to God constantly. When do godly leaders make a mistake? When did Joshua make a mistake? When he didn't go to the Lord. He was tricked twice in his ministry. One, he went to the city of Ai, and he didn't go to the Lord. It says there repeatedly, he did not go to the Lord. He brought only a few people. He did what he wanted to do, and he lost. He went to the people of Gideon. And the people of Gideon said, we came from far away. We got this old clothes. We got this old food. He did not consult with the Lord. And what happens? He was tricked. We are not like the people of the world. They can rely on their intuition and their genius and their skills and their beauty and their smarts. You can look at Steve Jobs who died. He's a smart genius. You look at the guys who made Google, they're geniuses. They don't have to listen to nobody but themselves. The guy who made Facebook, he may not have no friends, but he is a genius. These people are geniuses. They don't have to listen to nobody else. You often watch TV shows and they say, listen to your heart, follow your gut. They say things like that. But as a Christian leader, those things ought not be the way that we operate. We can't do that. Because the scripture says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? People say, listen to your conscience. We don't do that. Because we know the conscience can be seared as with a hot iron. Things that we do that are evil and we repeatedly do them, we lose a taste of fear that we used to have when we did them. If you go to a store and shoplift today, you will be nervous. But if you shoplift five times in a row, you will not be as scared. And if you shoplift 50 times, you won't even be scared. And if you shoplift 500 times, you might shoplift and not even realize you shoplifted. Because you have gotten a pattern of doing it. 
And so we as Christian leaders, we can't trust our conscience. We can't trust our instincts. We can't do that. We have to go to the Lord. We have to go to the Lord enough so that it becomes a pattern, so that we do it without even thinking. Until somebody says, are you praying? I'm like, I guess I am. Sometimes, you know, and I know Dad do this too. When I'm preaching, I'll be praying. I'll be like, Lord, help me to say what I'm supposed to say. Or help me to study what I'm supposed to study. But it's not just the preaching that's important. It's the studying and it's the writing of notes. All that stuff is important to the delivering of a faithful delivery of the word. But you can't be God's leader if you want to do what you want to do. Because then you making you God. That's why it says obey your leaders and submit to them. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. You're not my soul, right? It's not my people. It's not my church. It's God's church. It's not the pastor's church. It's God's church. In a sense, it's all of our church. But then again, who's the boss? Ultimately, we have to be accountable to Jesus Christ. He's going to call all of us account. Even us kids, right? You have a song you sung on Sunday. If you did good, God is going to praise you for that. But if you didn't sing, God is going to hold you accountable for that too. If on Sunday morning when you go to Sunday school, you don't listen to your teachers, God will hold you accountable for that, won't he? He'll say, did you listen to your teacher? But you know what? That's not going to be any different than when he says to me. He's going to come to me and he say, Brian, you've been learning the word this long. Did you listen to the word? Did you recall this verse? Do you remember what I told you? It's no different. Whether a child or 80 years old or 90 years old or 100 years old, we all have to obey God, don't we? It's very simple. I think one thing that he talks about in verse 13, the last thing we'll look at is, is therefore let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. You know what? When you want to obey God, it's often that people will make fun of you for that. He said earlier, do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. You know, people like to follow trends. 30 years ago, it was not a trend to think gay marriage was good. So people were not for gay marriage. Now, if you say that gay marriage is wrong, people want to throw you out on the street. But we don't follow trends. 50 years ago, people could say that they believed that God created the world and nobody would laugh at them. Now, if you say that God created a flood that destroyed the world, people will laugh at you. But we don't follow trends here. We can't follow trends because Jesus Christ is the same today as he was back then. The teachings are the same. Amen? We have a faithful God. He delivered a faithful word to us. Let's trust that word that we have. Let's trust the people that God appointed to be leaders over us, right? Let's trust the Holy Spirit that he has put in our hearts to interpret the truths that he's given us. Amen? Good evening. So uh, I have a, a, fo a prayer focus tonight, and it's in three areas. The first is I want, um, I want to pray for our speakers and teachers, um, our Sunday school teachers, 
our speakers, Pastor Brian, Brian, not only speaking here, but uh, proclaiming God's word at other churches, the Milwaukee Rescue Mission. So I want to pray for our speakers and teachers tonight. And then I want to pray for our men's ministry, that God will use this ministry to build men in the faith. And then I want to pray for our children and our youth. What a blessing from them on Sunday. And I, and I was looking up there, and I'm thinking, where are all these kids come from? It was a lot of them up there, and they're, they're from here. So I thank you from, for uh, the truth seekers and our Sunday school. So can I get a volunteer to pray for our speakers and teachers? Beverly. And then for our men's ministry? Charles. And then for our children and youth? Heidi. I want to just read one passage of scripture. Last time I was up here, I was talking about the gray hairs. So this time in Psalm 71, verses 17 and 18, they're both tied together. It says, O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those who come. That's uh, what we have here. I, I, I look at it as bottom-up teaching. Some churches have top-down teaching where only the pastor and a few anointed people know what he's talking about. Where we have, God is working bottom upwards here. So thank God for that. So, uh, Beverly, if you can pray for our speakers and teachers, Charles for our men's ministry, and then Heidi for our children and youth, and then I'll close us out. God, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. And Lord, as we call out and cry out to you tonight, Lord, that you might hear us and bless us, Lord. And we just thank you for the faithfulness of this ministry. 25 years preaching and teaching the word, Lord, growing from the inside. And Lord, we believe it is your will that we will grow in numbers, but we can see the spiritual growth that you have developed here. And we thank you so much from the small children through the men's ministry, through our speakers and teachers. And Lord, we, we just so grateful to you for just allowing us to serve you here. Uh, we pray for the remainder of our service tonight. We ask your blessings upon it, for Christ's sake.